My name is Michael Harnett. The play is called The Lad from Lahey. It's situated in, in Donegal. It's a story about a young girl who falls in love with a British soldier, or a British airman. My name is Ruth McGill. I am from Ardra in Donegal. During the Second World War, uh, from Loch Erne in, in County Fermanagh, there were, uh, it was a base for uh, the RAF. And they had seaplanes there that took off and they flew across Donegal. Uh, there was a special arrangement with the Irish government at the time whereby de Valera agreed with the, the British government to create a space called the Donegal Corridor. And the planes used to fly through the Donegal Corridor instead of flying straight up the north, uh, up around by Derry. So they, it was a much shorter distance. I am playing the part of Aggie who is a Donegal girl in the 1940s during the Second War. She's very beautiful to me. <laughs> and I can see her in the pages as I was reading. I was transported to that area because I would know it really well. And Duncan Eady, all those you know names, St. John's Point, Pedigo, the road to Pedigo, my God. So it, it's, it's a very beautiful thing to be transported back to where my home was where I had my childhood days, but I call Dublin home now. So it's lovely to go back in this creative form. Anyway, this is the story of Aggie, and she lives in St John's Point in Donegal. She goes to the dances every week in Bundoran, and there she meets one of these guys who happens to be a British soldier. And the story is about what happens. She falls in love with a British soldier, but that is frowned upon by a lot of the natives and by her family. The, the idea came because I, I was up there in Donegal in a place called Don Keneally and uh, I was talking to this man who told me a story about uh, during the Second World War the these soldiers used to come across uh, from uh, Petticoat and, and they came across to Don Keneally and places in Donegal because there was less rationing and there was more whiskey available and they used to come into his his pub. This is McShane's pub. Four of them used to come in every, every Sunday night, have four large whiskies and take bottles of whiskey back to the base. Dublin feels like home to me now, I suppose, because it's the, that sort of natural graduation <laughs> into adulthood. I say that with inverted commas because I still feel like very much like a child at heart. But I have a child, an 11-year-old, and he goes to school here. So I guess it's sort of where I, I feel the energy. My energy works really well here. I love Donegal for the hard winters. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough place to live. Seamus, uh, Seamus used to work in the pub and what happened was well, these guys arrived one night um, during uh, on a Sunday and uh, on a Sunday in those days the pubs didn't open but they did open for travellers and so he uh, the guy who drove the hackney car from Petticoat walked into the pub and he said look I have four travellers here they're legitimate bona fide travellers as they were called will he serve them a drink he said yes they came in they ordered the four large whiskies, and they did that they repeated that for probably six to eight weeks in succession. The interesting thing about it was they were all wearing heavy overcoats and they didn't take the overcoats off. And they discovered after a while that the reason was because there was a British uniform underneath the overcoat. And then one particular Sunday, only three came back. Only three came. One was lost, went down with a plane. I was thinking about the summers in Donegal, actually. just this. I remember coming home from the Abbey nightclub on a Sunday night and I was about 15. No, I was... I was of age to go out, so I was 19 or 20 years old. And it was 3.30 in the morning and you're going over the, the road back to Ardra and it's just pink sky. You know, the, the, it never really got dark. That memory was coming back to me as I was reading this, just thinking about the road to Bundoran. And, you know, it, I, I don't know it's quite exciting to be transported back. 
Uh, I go up to Dunkinelli quite a bit because uh, we, we were fortunate enough to get a small little holiday home there, which is an old barn. And when we met the guy who was doing it up, I said, where is a nice pint to Guinness around here? And he said, the place to go is Seamus McShane because he's not only a, a publican, but he's also a storyteller. And you'll, you'll hear everything you need to know about the area. And that's how this, the idea came to me. I went uh, to school in Glenties, Glenties Comprehensive, right next door to where Friel's aunties lived. And actually, they came, Mer- Merle Streep and Brian Friel, they all came with the film and they showed it to us. And I was handing out, you know, little aperitifs and wine to the adults when I was uh, 15 years old. Um, so, yeah, that was that was an exciting, a very exciting thing to happen. Um, and there was a poetry competition that we did. And of course, I thought, oh, well, I'll do my bit of poetry. Uh, I was one of those, you know, teenagers who was fascinated with death. So any death that, you know, I've, I've seen dead bodies since I was about eight years old, you know, and putting hands on dead bodies. And, oh, you know, death being, you know, Emily Dickinson poetry, you know, it's that kind of typical, atypical you know, you either go one way or the other, I guess. Um, and so I went, you know, I've, I was intrigued by it. But also because because with wakes, being so used to them, again, the drama uh, and the, the mad kind of juxtapositions of very sad and kind of hilarious things happening in the same token and, you know, the darkness, but also, you know, the chuckling at, at funerals, when, you know, the time when you shouldn't be. I just, I just don't know kind of it's a real imprint in my mind and so I wrote a poem about a local family who'd lost their mother and five kids and she was only about 32 years old um so I wrote this poem and I got a second prize from Friel himself Unfortunately, Seamus uh, passed away a number of years ago, but uh, and it's an awful pity. A lot of people didn't that didn't interview him, uh, record him at the time because he was an absolute fountain of knowledge and information. But the interesting thing about him was that if if people came into the pub and they wanted to uh, wanted some information or wants a fact checked, he would go away, forget about the serving people, go upstairs, root in the library or in the books, and come down with all the information and contradict whoever made the statement. And that's that was the unique thing about that pub. Unfortunately, it's now closed, and it closed when he died. But it was a place. It was a seat of learning. Really, that's what it was. And you would be educated. I went to apply for Trinity College for the acting course and also to the Royal Irish Academy of Music for their music performance degree. And I didn't get either of them, but both were kind of saying, I think you just need another, we'd love to see you back, basically. And the Academy offered me a course to do, the access course, so that I can work on my composition and the theory side, which was a bit like maths in my head. You know, I was kind of, the singing thing kind of came more easily than that and I trained with Veronica Dunn and then I did a course in the evening times in drama improvisation and worked on both and then went for both and got both and then had to make a decision and my heart really said uh, it's theatre. I brought my my son into the place one time and he did a pal of his from Dublin, two Dublin young lads if you like and I said when you come in here say nothing just listen and I said to Seamus McShane, when did the railway close around here? And he said it was 1950 and he was able to tell me the date, the time and who drove the train. That's was, that was the information the man had. I, I don't know if I'm like 
a little bit hyperactive disorder or something, but I don't find it very easy to read scripts. I'll have to get up after a while or, you know, walk and read it. Although this one really got into my imagination because of the place and I could just go, oh, I don't know where the, you know, I could imagine the space where I'm at. So it depends on a piece can either just grab you like that or there's more excavation to do. And that's when the rehearsal process for me is, you know, I could be three weeks in before there's really a character there. The name The Lad from Lahi. Lahi came as a, uh, an alliteration for the lad, if you like, but it happened to be uh, <laughs> close to the road to Petticoat, uh, which was close to where these airmen came down the road from Petticoat over the rough mountain track into and down the hill and into Lahi. And it sounded good to me that the lad came from Lahi. I think this business has been very kind to me. Um, I'm very grateful for the array of characters that I've had the chance to play and play with. And each day brings a new, you know, even in a run of a play, you still have this still little windows that you're opening up and little, oh, that's new. And, and that's what I, I find so exciting about theatre. And because it's working with other people, I don't know how great I'd be on a, a monologue piece. Perhaps I'd be okay, but I just love the interaction with, with other actors. That's what's really special to me. That was actor Ruth McGill and writer Michael Harnett, whose play The Lad from Lahi is next week's Drama on One. rta.ie forward slash drama on one.